0: If you've had one of those topsy-turvy days, relax
1: and have a
2: (laughs) Budweiser.
3: Oh, ho, ho, ho. hello everybody. How's it going? It's your boy Double Down Doug. I just want to welcome you to the first actual episode of Talking While Intoxicated. Hope you guys had a good hump day and you're cracking open a cold one right about now. Tonight's drink of choice is a Shiner 1909. Uh, not going to lie to you, it's nothing special. Um, I would honestly give it like a 5.6 out of 10. It tastes like a cheap beer, but I had to pay more for it. So that kind of sucks. But... I digress. I want to introduce a couple of my buddies who are here with me on the podcast today. On the left side of the screen, we've got Cameron. In the middle, we've got Conrad. This is going to kind of tie into what we're talking about today, folks. We are going to be talking about the Olympics, specifically Olympic pole vaulting. And I don't know if you guys can tell by the picture I have behind me. I used to pole vault when I was in high school. I had two offers to a couple of D3 schools in Indiana. Cameron jumped at a D3 school in Indiana, and Conrad is currently jumping at a D2 school in Florida. So I'm going to stop yapping my gums. Boys, how are we doing tonight? Doing
0: good. How about you?
3: Doing good, man. Doing good. I'm just excited to start talking about the vault, dude. So before we get talking about, you know, the Olympians and the specific stuff with the odds and stuff from FanDuel, Cam, can you tell us a little bit about yourself real quick?
0: going? I'm Cam. Uh. So, just first off, give a little background. DJ and I actually cobalted together in high school. Um, I was a senior, he was a sophomore, or he was a junior, and we together. Um, I jumped in college, like DJ said, for a Division three school up in Indiana called Roman.
4: Um, graduated in 2020, and uh, now I'm here.
3: Good stuff, good stuff. How about you, Conrad?
1: Um. All right so I'm actually Cameron's younger brother and um, I was only teammates with DJ for my first semester of high school because I ended up moving to Florida to uh, finish my high school and now I currently go to Emory-Riddle Aeronautical University and I'm going to be a sophomore this year and I'm still uh, pole vaulting in school.
3: Oh yeah I'm excited to have you guys on I mean I think that when it comes to talking about sports and stuff like that, everybody can be like a sports enthusiast, but I think that this is the one event that you really have to just experience and do yourself in order to be able to talk about it. So I'm glad that, you know, we've gotten at least the same perspective with, as each other, like to have done it together. And then, you know, you guys have taken it to the next level. And then I, I was a coach for it, like this past uh, spring, I should say. So having that on board, I think we all have like a pretty keen eye on being able to spot where the talent's at, what it takes to get to a different kind of level than where you're currently at, and then what kind of things to look out for somebody who like is going to potentially blow up or something like that. So, oh boy. So let's go ahead and hop over to the screen here. I think it transitioned over Did the transition. Okay, yeah, transition over, perfect. Alrighty, folks. So I was uh, just being a board degenerate the other day and I was on FanDuel per usual and i saw that fanduel had posted the olympic odds for the men's pole vault that's what gave me the idea to start the uh, podcast with the boys tonight so the interesting thing here is that we have a lot of guys who have a lot of talent that's not even a question um in particular, you know you have young bucks and then you have a couple of older guys who are still at the level of you know competing really well and on obviously the olympic level which is pretty cool um, there are a ton of people from a, diff- a ton of different countries who are going to be represented, obviously, but we're going to be focusing on a few of them, in particular focusing on Mondo Duplantis, Sam Kendricks, Ren- Renaud Levini, uh Pider Lysak, and Ernest Obiena, Chris Nilsson, and Thiago Braz Silva. So we are going to, let's see here, yeah, we got everything working out, cool. All Well, without really further ado, as you guys can see, I have the scrolling ticker tape at the bottom. Uh, this is the odds as of eight o'clock, basically central, central time on July 28th. Uh, the prelims are this upcoming Friday at 840 Eastern Time p.m., by the way. So, guys, the first picture that I have up here, I don't know if you guys you can't, probably can't see it because I'm not streaming to your screen. But what do you guys think about Mondo?
4: he's a favorite he's a world record
0: holder kind of hard of not picking him to win this but i don't know he could the, the big stage could get the best of him it happened at uh ncaa's uh for outdoors
3: could happen at the olympics conrad how about you
1: um okay well he always like a few, like, let's say, like, five years ago or whatever, he was always known as, like, the underdog since he was the youngest one competing with all these professionals until he finally started turning the tide by, you know, beating them in these bigger world meets. But then, um, now this is, like, his first Olympics, so So this is his first Olympics, and, um, you know, it's a bigger stage than any of those, like, Diamond League meets or any of that because this is, you know, this is a four-year... You know, you train for four years every. every (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, yeah, so you train every four years for this meet, and um, obviously he's favored because he has the world record. But that was also last year when he got the world record, right? He's not jumping those heights this year. Maybe I don't know what it could be. Maybe it could be the lack of meets, or you know, he's just off. He's not on that rhythm that he was on. He's not got that. He doesn't have that momentum. So this year, I think it's mostly up to anybody. You know, I think this is, you know, anybody's chance to get gold. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's basically what I would just say.
3: No, I gotcha. I think I'd have to agree with you that, or I think it was Cam that said it. The fact of the matter is, this is, his, this, this is this guy's first Olympics. Like, don't get me wrong. The kid is definitely super talented, super athletic, and he's definitely hot shit and he can back it up. But this is different than like, the IAAF. This is different than Doha. This is different from diamond leagues. Like, this is what this event was originally made for. You know, his dad did it back in the day. I think his dad. His dad jumped for Sweden in the Olympics, didn't he? No. No, he just his dad he was, was USA. Oh, his dad was USA. Well, okay. Yeah, his
0: mom was a sweet. His mom sweet was Sweden gymnast.
3: Ah, uh, okay. He was Even then, though, like. I know he gets excited and stuff like that. And I mean, I, to be, I, we'll go into it with Thiago like later on because he's like the last guy that we're going to touch base with. I think that not being in your quote unquote like home country is a disadvantage. Being at your first Olympics is a disadvantage. And then having the amount of pressure that he has on his shoulders. I mean, we just saw what happened with Simone Biles and she is arguably the best gymnast in the world. I mean, like you said, Conrad, it's been quite a while since he was, you know, consecutively breaking his own world record. So I think it's gonna be really interesting that he. I think it's interesting, I should say, that he's at like minus three ninety odds. That's just like you're watching a basketball game, pretty much, and the other team, like the the home team, is up, and then the away team is down by like fifteen or more. That's kind of, um, I would say, like an extreme odd. Maybe the uh, bookies made it that way because they wanted people to just like not make any profit off of it or throw it in a parlay. I don't really know. Any other uh remarks about Mondo though?
0: I think the same thing could be said about kinda of all of them. I think uh rolling into twenty twenty. They were all kinda of,
4: they were all kinda of getting excited and jumping pretty good all across the board. Because
0: um, you saw you saw a bunch of six meter jumps. You saw um uh, Renault, you know jumped the highest he's jumped in a long time and he's his age is obviously kind of catching up to him now but i mean once like corona hit and all that obviously all of them kind of took setback in their training and trying to lessen like the ease on them on their bodies you know Mm -hmm. and i think kind of going into 2021 2020 Olympics, you know, per se. Yeah. The amount of outdoor meets and all that kind of were on the lesser side, and it wasn't more so them trying to push themselves, I didn't think, because you, you didn't see Mondo trying to
4: attempt world records or whatnot every meet, every other meet like he was indoor right in January
0: of 2020, you know?
3: hmm Yeah, it's... I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still excited for him regardless. I mean, it would be really just Mm -hmm. cool. I mean, like when you think about like people being, you know, quote unquote, like professional athletes and being sponsored by somebody, we're going to go into Chris Nelson here in a little bit. Chris Nelson, for example, just graduated from the University of South Dakota and is technically considered a professional athlete. Like he's sponsored. He has an agent. He's sponsored by like, oh my God, I think it's like this, the South Dakota, like beef, like not beef organization, but it's something along those lines. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, there's a there's a long ways away from being sponsored by the South Dakota Beef Company and then Mondo, who had his own Snapchat filter and is sponsored by Red Bull. It's it's different, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and along those lines, uh, um Chris Nelson also did beat Mondo in the NCAA World Outdoor uh, Nationals, so. You know, um, Mondo was very highly favored for that meet, as we all know. But also, Nilsson was on a streak with winning those outdoor nationals. So, um, you know, um, I don't know if Mondo, you, you know, still has that in the back of his head that, you know, one of the only, like, one of the people who beat him on, like, one of the biggest stages he's been on is going to be in this meet also.
4: Yep. I not I mean, yeah.
1: But then it's also Nilsson's first Olympics. Yep. Along with Mondo. Think, so.
4: Yeah.
0: Dude, th- it's interesting because uh, uh, Nielsen kind of had more NCAAs meets under his belt mm-hmm. by the time Mondo got there. And then it kind of took a turn where when Nielsen finally got onto the Diamond League stage, it was almost like Mondo had that kind of like couple meets under his belt of Diamond League meets where he was uh jumping against those professionals and Nielsen did too, too hot in those compared to Mondo.
3: Yeah. Yeah, actually, it's yeah. You guys are like talking about like the inverses of each other. And that's something that definitely mm-hmm. needs to be considered. Like, yeah, like for so, for example, uh, maybe I mean, I don't know if it's going to translate or not, per se, but like, you know, I I mean, OK, it's kind of ironic that I say this. I mean, I only jump 12 feet like that's nothing special. Like maybe most people in high school. Yeah, dude, people like <laughs> they just cap out now in, in high school, at like 12 and a half to 13 feet. Right. The thing is, when you're looking at the collegiate level, right, for like D, D1 specifically, Purdue, for example, wants you to be able to walk on at 16 and a half feet. That's like of, of the low end of real competitors. Not that fantastic. Then again, pole vaults like a really niche thing. You're looking at, you know, Chris Nilsson, who's getting like the upper 18 and a halfs and stuff, which is pretty standard of what like those top guys in D1 are doing. And then, you know, he's the three time NCAA outdoor champ. And he's starting to do like the nineteen one, the 19-3 and a quarter, like the nineteen four stuff. And he's, you know, doing great and flourishing. It's kind of like flourishing like in AAA when you're in baseball, right? I mean, you can, tr- you can beat the shit out of somebody and hit dingers all damn day if you're playing for the Charlotte Knights. But the minute you get to the White Sox and then you have to play against like the Yankees or the Red Sox, it's kind of a different story. Which I think what you were saying, Conrad, like, mondo has that experience of going in big worldwide competitions you know he's jumped at doha he's jumped in at rome in 2020 he's jumped in like of of like a lot of other meets in the diamond league so i mean maybe that international feel and international like competition atmosphere will translate well for him and then maybe chris just has to kind of grow into it what do you guys think
1: Yeah, that's interesting about this. Um, this Olympics is you see you're seeing a lot of new faces, like a lot of new younger faces. Yet you're still seeing the past generation of alters. So um, it's really interesting because both of them have both generations of alters have a chance to win this meet. Dude, um, it, it's it's hard because
0: the just in general the sport track and field it's just it's just not so big in the U.S. I know. You know like the the US guys like Nielsen like uh oh my god I can't even think of I can't think of any other US guys, USA guys off the top of my head right now.
3: Casey Lightfoot. Like, like I, I that's he, why I didn't even include him, dude. Like who who even is he?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean like he's still putting up pretty high bars, yeah. don't get me wrong. No, but of like course. it's one thing to put up a, a high bar, you know, in your home court. It's another thing to go out to a different stage and compete and be able to even have attempts at those high bars, those six-meter, pushing those six-meter jumps. But it's just so hard because Mondo's got that. Mondo, I mean, Renault, all those um, European guys have all that experience kind of jumping in those bigger, those high-intensity level-type settings. It's hard to get those here, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like... Our, um, our track and field system here, like, I mean, I know that you guys have like the Olympic training centers and stuff kind of around you. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like they have a lot of those just everywhere though in the, in Europe. It's just, it's not the same here. And I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's colleges like the, in a weird way, we consider college to be like, that that NBA G League level of play, right? Like, if you make it as a college at least, then you can put up some numbers and you can at least have some competition regardless of what sport you're in. But we just, we don't, I don't want to say we don't value professional athleticism here because that's kind of false, but, like, we value it in different areas, which is, you know, it's heavily emphasized in football, baseball, basketball, maybe some other small niche sports around the way. Well,
1: it's mostly because there's just like track and field just doesn't bring in as much money as all, all the other sports, right? Yeah. Especially in the United States. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's just the money on that, that term. It's kind yeah. of a shame, which, yeah, which is unfortunate, but, but that's, Dude. that's even better for the, uh, for what the athletes are doing because they're doing it for, for the competition for themselves, you know, true for their like in this case, their country. So,
3: true true cam what were you thinking
1: it's like the
0: same thing i mean europe you're able to pack houses for track meets in the u.s you're able to pack houses for college football for nfl football you know i mean yeah it's just different and bring that back to jumpers like having that experience having that being in that type setting it it really affects how you jump, and then how comfortable one could be, you know.
3: Yeah. No, that is true. We we're making really good valid points here. Speaking of bringing it back home, here, boys, the next one on the list is the American badass himself. First, or is he? Is he? And I think he might be a second lieutenant now. Second lieutenant Sam Kendricks, which uh, coincidentally, is Lee Corso's pick to win the Olympics. I am praying that Sam Kendricks takes the gold this year. What are you guys thinking so far?
1: Um, yeah, I think I, I want him to win. Um, I do the difference want him to between win, wanting and uh,
2: what you but think, yeah, though.
1: <laughs> I want him to win. I don't know if he is going to win. Right? Um, between him and Renault, they have the, the most experience up here. Mm-hmm. And they're also, you know, at the top of the seating, so... What is
4: a uh,
0: Kendrick Scotts compared? Is he so, sixth, like third?
3: Uh, he's I he's thought. actually second, dude. It's There's second. Second Mondo is minus three ninety, and then uh, Sam is at second with plus six hundred. That is like, oh, that's a significant difference, though. Like, I just I don't know. Maybe it's because pole vaults hard to like bookie, but is good,
1: they're, yeah, they're looking at the. The PR differential in that situation, too. Oh, that's a good point. How many high bars they've made. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, Sam Kendricks is more of a consistent vaulter than a, um, you know, consistently winning or placing up there in these meets rather than breaking world records.
3: I think that's something that's important to note on a betting scale or like a, a betting standpoint here. If you're looking for like, for example, right, let's just say like, you know, you look at the this past season in the NBA, like the Knicks were on like on a a 13 game win streak. Everybody was like Knicks tape, Knicks tape, Knicks tape. But the great thing was that they were being consistent. Sam Kendricks is not a bad vaulter by any means. In fact, I think that his odds should be—he's a fantastic vaulter. His odds should be even better than they are. But like you said, though, Conrad, they're basing it off of what kind of levels he's been hitting. And just because he's been hitting a consistent five eight, you know five eight five through like five nine whatever, that's nothing to slouch about at all. And the good thing is that he's been consistently doing it. Like I honestly can't even really remember when the last time Sam Kendricks got under a five eight five was. It must have been years ago. So if you're you're looking some like for somebody who's got a real shot at the games this year, I think considering Sam Kendricks. As your number one priority, like for a solo bet, would be a good option. I don't know about betting the farm on him per se, but I will say, though, one of the more consistent and experienced jumpers in this Olympics.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, you throw a bet, Kendrick's some medal, one, two, or three. Oh, yeah. I feel like you're coming home with a winner.
3: 100%. Definitely. I I have to agree with you for sure.
0: So I'm thinking he'll throw a because he could, like you said, he could he could throw up that five eight five eight five five nine push push six meters. If he's getting the temps at six meters, he's probably in a spot to battle.
3: Yeah, I I think he will be because moving from Sam to Renault, I, dude. I honestly here's here's what I think. You guys can you know, try and change my mind here. I just think that Renault is past his prime. Like, even though he was trying to put up those big numbers, everybody was putting up those big numbers in early 2020. Like, it's been quite some time since we've seen him do something what I would really consider to be, like, world record worthy or, like, big time exciting for the sport kind of worthy. The last time he was really doing anything big was when he was at Reno, and that was quite a bit ago.
4: No, he was because he was he popped off with a with a six meter jump earlier this year. what
0: right?
3: I think so. I can't remember what what meet it was at. It might have been at. Uh, was he wasn't at Rome because I know that Sam Kendricks was at Rome with Mondo and that's when Mondo was like it got way too dark outside and they literally had like the torches along the walls that Mondo was still jumping. He was just like, eh, fuck it, I'll like kill with a five nine five. It's not a big deal."
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I can't remember when. Renan's last one was. Let me take a look.
4: I want to say, like, he... I feel like Renault has got, like... I don't know. I feel like he could pop off,
0: though.
3: Hopefully. I mean, he got... He got silver at the last Olympics, though, didn't he?
0: But
4: he didn't get silver because... He got silver because I just, I just think it was it was uh, the
0: home court that Thiago had.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, I mean, he he jumped an Olympic record, right?
3: Yeah, he did.
0: Jumped an Olympic record. I mean, you if you tell him the night before hey, you're going to jump an Olympic record, mm-hmm. what do you think? He would think, oh, I, I got to win. There's no way I get anything less than first. You know? Yeah. So I mean, he I he's he's been he's been to the Olympics. This will be his fourth one. Yeah. Dude, he's. you want to talk about experience. This guy's got the experience. That is being true. Being on the big level, being on the big stage, this guy's been there.
3: Yeah. the. Um, I found an article over here, and it says that he, I guess I have to eat my words here about saying he didn't really do very much. It says uh, he got 616 in Donetsk on February 15th. This article was also published on July 12th of this year. So, I mean, I will eat my words and say that he has done stuff since then. But like, I don't yeah. know. I mean, honestly, like on social media and stuff, I feel like the presence of Peter Lysek and, or Lysak, I mean, and then like Chris Nilsson is more than like Renaud. I don't really know.
4: It's just, I don't know. Uh, Spider Lysack, he's another one. I mean, he had that
0: six meter jump last year or something. Yeah, and he that was looking smooth. I mean, that guy, that guy jumps like none of the none of the other guys with his freaking size and just how freaking big he is. But
4: that's the one thing.
0: I mean, I mean that guy's been there a couple couple times too, right? Yeah, he's. I mean, he's got the experience too. I mean, you're kind of like. On the verge of pushing out those that like that class of Balters and bringing in the newer class. I mean, where you're kind of like right in the middle, where it's like, all right, do these guys, are these guys able to make like a last, last minute, last uh, a push this late in their career and kind of cap it off? Or someone, someone like Mondo, you know, the newer generation. Come out and uh, kind of dominate.
3: Yeah, I mean, Piter is 28 years old. Sam mm-hmm. Kendricks is 28 years old. Renault is 34. Okay, so what? Sergey Bubka's <laughs> peak was at what? 28.
0: That's not sure of.
3: I always feel like I heard your dad saying he was either around like 28 or 30. I don't. I definitely wasn't 38. But Renault, like. <laughs> I don't know, maybe Renault pulls one crazy thing out of his pocket one more time and lets his little brother just continue on like the Olympic jump. Cause I know that Valentin is gonna be jumping in the Olympics as well, but yep. his his odds are like plus ten thousand, so it wasn't anything special to look over, you know. Um yeah. But I mean Mondo, twenty one, almost twenty two years old. Ernest, twenty what is he, twenty two almost or something like that.
0: Yeah, he's pretty young too.
3: Yeah, and then Thea Thiago's like he's kind of getting older as well but I mean I, I agree with you though that I think he kind of won on a fluke um there's just like a home court advantage just being excited to be in Brazil and jumping in front of the home crowd but dude yeah, yeah. I, yeah. you're right though with Piter like you don't get me wrong like every pole vaulter that you see who's on the big stage is definitely fit and definitely extremely muscular and toned. but Piter is just like a different breed of animal dude like he is old school through and through and just Ginormous as a matter of fact when you guys watch the video of this and you'll see the picture of him that I picked You'll be like yeah, exactly that his picture explains it all I mean this dude's biceps are just completely shredded and fat I'll never forget dude when we were jumping when we were you and I were still working out together Your dad was like we might have to have you stop working out for a little bit And I was like how come he's like I can't have your biceps get too big because then you can't even put them against your fucking chest like You won't be able to have like a really good set and plant so I don't know man This guy is an animal and I don't really know what to expect from him? I don't really expect like the world from him, you know. But at the same time, I'd love to see like him pull something out too. Maybe even like scrape a bronze if possible.
0: See him medal. Uh, would be definitely hype. be something. Oh yeah, because I mean he's 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 kind of been around there, around. But then like he'll have those meets where he you know he gets first and Simon. Yeah, and you're like you're like you can never count this man out. Exactly. You
1: know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's only three. There's only three medals, and there's a lot of competitors who can fill those three spots. So this is gonna be a really good um, competition to watch.
3: Oh, 100 um, percent.
1: But like, like you said, between the the new the new class and the old class, Walters, you know, it'll be interesting to see their their chemistry. Yeah.
3: Like thing that about these guys like e- even with the old guys and the new guys everybody is incredibly friendly with each other and at some point or another they've trained together or they've gone to you know like a million meets together or whatever and like that chemistry there is fantastic and I think that there's definitely a big help in being able to learn from everybody so that's always a good thing as well like I mean Piter and then um what's his name uh Wachowski like is it Pawel Wachowski, right from Poland?
0: Yeah, like yeah. those Pavel. guys have been.
3: Is, they've been around for forever. Like Renault has been around for forever. Sam is getting to the point where it's 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 feeling like he's been around for forever, and then um. There's like always familiar names out there that you'll see like on the other list of like all the other people on Fanduel who have like plus ten thousand odds. Like it's that one guy from Germany, like the, the really big buff black guy, and then there's that guy from Great Britain who hits like, I mean, I can't really call it mediocre, but if you're talking about like what to bet on, it's, it's like betting against like a losing odd, essentially that guy from Britain. Um, the guy from China wasn't anything special. I saw him jump at like the IAAF like Diamond League in like Beijing or whatever it was. It was at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic and every, like all these other guys, you know what I mean? Like it's, mm, it, it's definitely like, i'm happy i'm happy that you're there representing your country and stuff but like we already have like a, a team of established guys here who are like really in contending you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah i mean like the biggest thing with with this sport you know you, you got to make bars yep. you got to qualify you got to make a bar to even put yourself in a position to qualify Maybe. you know and that, that, could, that could that could happen to that could happen to anyone you know yep. no hiding and like we we all know that like, that's like the worst feeling ever you know true and it could happen it could happen to anyone yeah you know it's so like not not to count anyone out but still it is that possibility you know i don't want to single anyone out thanks nice. anyone but you know there's a possibility a guy who's at minus whatever 300 per odds comes down the runway three times and that's his day you know
3: yeah that is true dude like that's the thing about this. You know, it's not like baseball. It's not like football where you're going to have multiple opportunities to redeem yourself. Like, let's just say like, uh, you strike out one time, but then the next at bat, you know, you hit a home run. Smoke a double. Yeah. yeah like it, it's not like football where if you throw an interception, you can throw a 45 a yard hail Mary to make up for it. It's like, you don't have four downs. You don't have, you know, a, a potential, a million pitches in baseball. Like you've got three attempts. Whether you make it or not, or you skip and then you make, or you just completely miss everything, it's, it's honestly anybody's game at any day of the week. And that's the thing that makes this the most interesting and keeps everybody on their toes for sure. I think you guys will be excited about who we talk about next when we come back from break. I got to grab another one, folks. But we will be back right after a message from our sponsors over at Anchor FM. Don't miss it. We'll be back. Uh, Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to Talking While Intoxicated. We are on Shiner 2 Electric Boogaloo. That's not actually the name of this beer. This is actually the Shiner Bach S'more. This is the Chocolate and Marshmallow Ale. Um, This is nothing special, either. (laughs) These came in, like, a a quote-unquote variety pack. There's literally three flavors of them, and honestly, let's see what this flavor tastes like on air. It smells like I don't know what the the dollar store equivalent would be. Maybe like a a dollar store knockoff Hershey's with like some kind of weird maple smell. I don't know. It's What
0: about the taste?
3: Uh, taste I it? It's like a 5. <laughs> you know what? Because I think it's like the chocolate helps it a tad bit, I'll give it like a 5.9. It's literally like the uh <laughs> it's like the natty light of like S'mores beers, if that makes any sense.
0: That's the first s'mores beer I've ever heard.
3: So it's interesting. Oh my goodness. But nonetheless, want to give a shout-out again to our friends and sponsors over at Anchor.fm guys. I like talking. I'm sure you also like talking. If you want a podcast and you want to be able to easily upload things to Spotify or other networks such as Apple Music or anything like that, it helps a lot using Anchor. You can edit stuff on there, you can record on there if you really wanted to. And it's super easy to cut and chop things. It's also great because they have a WordPress affiliation where you can go ahead and make a website for your podcast as well. Still in the process of doing that for Talking While Intoxicated and East to West, but I digress. That's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about Cameron and Conrad's homeboy, Ernest Obiena. Boys. Filipino. Filipino jumps under sergey's old coach i know you guys probably have quite a bit to say about this because i didn't even know about him until you guys had told me about him what are you guys thinking
4: well he jumps under sergey's old coach he practices with an
0: olympic gold medalist dude i i think he's set up to medal
3: you know what i think you might be right conrad what are you thinking?
1: Um, it would be nice, obviously, nice to see him medal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if he doesn't medal, he's still very young. Um, along with like you know, he's part of that new, the new generation of vaulters, so he still has a lot of time uh, ahead of him. But um, you know, he's—I don't think he's by any means, you know, favored compared to uh, like obviously like Mondo or Kendricks. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I don't think it should be a shocker if you were to put up a good bar um, on the big stage and get that exposure out there to, you know, put him... If he doesn't medal, it'd put him out there on the spectrum that he is possibly a threat for the next few uh, Olympics, maybe.
3: No, true story, dude. For all the viewers out there and the listeners out there who want me to put this into, like, baseball or football terms, so arguably the greatest pole vaulter of all time is Sergey Bubka. Sergey jumped for the Soviet union and then independently for the Ukraine. Once the Soviet union had collapsed, this guy is the, I would say he's probably the Babe Ruth of pole vault. And then if you want me to put it in football terms, Oh, I don't want to, hmm, I don't want to say Roger Staubach because Roger Staubach was great, but like, but who's your guys' like favorite quarterback of all time? No, Tom Brady. What am I? I'm dude, yeah, drunk. you can't. It's, it's He's a Tom Brady You're of pole vault. Yeah, dude. I'm definitely TWI. I'm TWIing real hard right now. But like this guy is the Tom Brady of pole vault, the Babe Ruth of pole vault. I, fuck soccer. I don't really care about soccer. I'm not going to say anything about this soccer. Guy,
0: Sergey Buka, used to break the world record by one centimeter at a time. Just so he could get his paycheck. Cause he he knew he could he could jump high bars, but he had to make a limit. If you
4: incredible. ever look at
0: like um, you know, highest bars made. I mean, obviously Mondo like current has a current like top two bars at six seventeen, six eighteen, mm-hmm. I wanna say. Mm-hmm. But you go like below there, like six meters, six oh one, six oh two, six oh three, boom, 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 all the way up to like 6.14 or something.
4: Yeah.
0: Buka has, you know, 90% of those bars. Almost all of them. 99% of those bars.
3: Yeah, dude. It's, it's interesting looking at, like, if you go on Wikipedia, like you said, though, and you look at him just like, boom, 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 and it's all those, like, small increments. This guy, like, obviously not in the same sense of weird by, you know, being like a vegetarian or whatever, like Tom Brady. I think that when it comes to sports, you can definitely equate buka and Brady together because these guys have this just like ridiculously fine-tuned and meticulous training regimen. Like for example, there's a I was talking with a coach who Cameron and I had both jumped with um who coaches at one of our rival high schools. It was Gary by the way. Um we were talking at one of the meets that I was coaching at and he was like you got to watch this video. This guy breaks down Boopka's jumped and he puts it to like a classical music background. That was his way of describing how I'm going to find it easily on YouTube. I watched this video, bro. It's like a fucking 16 and a half minute long video (laughs) of this guy slowly, like, like not frame by frame, but let's just call it like every five frames. It's like slowed down completely. He's like, look at the way that he sprints, like his, his, uh, Foot makes contact like directly underneath his body and it like helps propel him to go forward to the next step. And I'm like, this is the same way of like it for in a silly way. It's like, there was a video that barstool or whatever put up the other day of Tom Brady. And he was just like playing catch with himself by like taking the football and then throwing it into like the pitching machine, the pitching machine catches it. And then he just, he catches it right back again. And just, it's consistent. Like that way of locking down your target is the equivalent of, like, being able to set that perfect plant and then, you know, really invert well and, like, you know, all the other kind of stuff that goes into what makes a great vault. But he's learning... Ernest... Coming back to Ernest here, obviously. Ernest is learning from, honestly, like, one of the best... This is, like, the Vince Lombardi of... of pole vault. The guy who trained the guy. Which is, like... That's crazy. I mean... He's definitely not like a Tony Larusa of the game, because, I mean, Tony's kind of a goober and is leading the White Sox, I would say, pretty, pretty well, but, like, it's not like he's making, you know, like, the best in the game. It's not like he have got, like, those kinds of guys on the team, but, no. Honestly, I am super excited for the new breed of vaulters, especially, like, working, I don't know, I mean, like, I guess I'll kind of get my piece here before we go back into odds and, like, all that other good stuff, but... I will say that I understand now, you guys, the feeling of, how you know, we had like a successful meet, right? And how like your dad felt or how, you know, Mr. McKay felt like I understand what it it feels like to be on that side of the coin because I've done it now. Like I sent somebody to regionals on their first year, having been at the event for maybe like two and a half months. Like she was one of the girls who came in later half in the season, but like, I don't know, dude. When you just work with somebody so hard and then they get to somewhere like, you know, for example, now Ernest is going to be at the Olympic level. I mean, that's just, it's crazy. And you can't help but be happy for him.
0: And you look at, you look at like his, I don't want to say like, I don't want to sound like cliche, but like kind of where he's coming from. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to compare like the sport of track and field in the US to Europe. And then to look at like, Sport track and field in Asia,
2: yeah,
0: you know, there's not, there's not too much, not too much. I don't want to say competition relative to the area, you know, comparable to Europe. You know, they're they're packing packing houses there. I don't even know if they have houses for track meets in in Asia, you know. Yep. But with that being said, he's still, you know, he's he's been able to, you know, find his coach, you know, find the guy to train with. And you know it just makes that much, that much better, for that much better for him. And you know, like I, I don't know, I'm very biased, and like you know, if that guy medals or when that guy medals, it's just going to be an awesome like Cinderella story. Oh, of you course,
3: know? yeah, yeah. Like, no, I 100 percent I agree with you. Like, you know, oh, we can we can talk up and down the wall all day long about how Sam Kendricks is you know like one of the tops in the NCAA that we've ever had. Like he's on he's on the same par as like. Joe and Tommy Dial, and this, this, and that. Like, dude, like, when you look at sports in the world, just in general, as a matter of fact, yesterday I was watching a video about the infamous um, Filipino Little League World baseball team. Like, Mm -hmm. you rarely see a Far East team of some kind of really big caliber come out and do something in the same sense that, like, you really, like, I mean, like, for example, for my family, right? Like, you rarely see, like, a Mexican. Baseball or a fucking like nobody. You've never seen a Mexican pole vaulter that's done like incredibly well. Like honestly, <laughs> he's comparable to, like that guy from Germany who gets like five six five or whatever. But that's uh, somewhat related. But like you know, seeing him come from somewhere though, that's definitely not well known for track and field. It's yeah. it's super exciting, dude. It's and he's so young. He's like he's really not even that old. In fact, I think his girlfriend. I don't know if she's on the German Olympic team but I know that she does do track in Germany. That's I think that's how we met her. She's also very attractive. So she's on Instagram and she hears us. Eventually she could follow me, but I'm not going to steal it from Ernest. I promise.
0: Yeah, no, Ernest sort the story of story of him. You know, that's, that's a guy. That's a guy you want to, you want to see succeed. That's a guy you want to, you want to watch you. You want him to do, you want to cheer for him, you know, Mm -hmm. Conrad. Yeah. What do you think? What do you
2: think bud?
1: Yeah. No, oh, yeah, no, I I agree. Um, like, look at the uh, look at the list, at the top fifteen. What other Asian countries you see? Like, you know, you see Korea. That's about it. Other than that, it's European countries dominating the, um, this this event and all aspects. Even years like years past, it's just been European countries dominating. So to see um, not only somebody from a Asian country, but somebody from a country like the Philippines um, come out and put up a good bar, even metal. Um you know, that really makes a, makes a good uh, point, or good, good stand on, on the event.
3: 100% dude. Like, honestly, I think we're oh, going to say something else. Are you good? No, I'm good. No. Yeah. Like, honestly though, folks, I'm not going to lie to you. I'll be realistic from a betting standpoint. Oh boy. Excuse me. This is uh the shiner is a little bit bubbly, but s'mores it is a s'mores man it's that thickness of the uh chocolate and the marshmallow and that ale but i will say though if there's somebody that you want to be excited for and you want to put like a long shot on if you if i don't know fanduel only has the gold medals i don't know if if um barstool or DraftKings or whoever your overseas bitcoin bookie has if they have the ability to medal for something and you want kind of a long shot but you want to be excited for it I think all three of us would highly agree with each other that putting something on earnest, like even if it's like $5 at plus 3,400 odds, like honestly, I just really hope this guy would meddle in general. That's how excited I am for him. This is just like they've we've already reiterated a couple times here. Somebody from a completely different place with a completely different upbringing and background doing something big like and he's not even putting up rookie numbers either. I mean, he's putting up like five eights and stuff, isn't he?
4: Uh, yeah
0: yeah. i want to say i don't know his pr off the top of my head but
1: 587 i think
3: it's not bad at all
0: 586 yeah i mean the thing is like he's he's been he's been on the incline especially these past two years so for him to you know kind of pop off and give us a 5.9 that 5.95 jump you know i think that would put him in
4: Close to a medal
0: contention or at least jumping at bar that would give him a medal you know
3: oh yeah i couldn't agree with you more as a matter of fact you said something and it's actually going to help us transition really well into the next guy you said that five eight five eight seven five nine bar guess who's next on the list chris nilson university of south dakota three-time ncaa champ guys this guy is the epitome of what you just said cam Conrad, what do you want to, th- what do you think of him? Cause I mean, you're, you know, you're still jumping and stuff and you're at a, you're at a pretty competitive level as well. This guy has been quote unquote, like the top of the game for the last three or four years at the NCAA level. What are you thinking?
1: Uh, okay. So, um, like I said before, he beat Mondo, um, once, which, you know, if you do something once, that means you could do it again. Um but this is he he hasn't been performing the best i guess against the um some of those big meets i mean he put up a 591 bar uh in may so you know he's he's you know he's definitely a contender with this this olympics meet you know Mm -hmm. um i'm excited to see how he jumps um but i think the way he's gonna jump i think it's either gonna be you know either really hit or miss for him uh it all depends on how he lets the meet take take over him
3: yeah uh, cam yeah, oh just, sorry go ahead and you're uh,
1: yeah he's not like he's he's a competitor but um you know i feel like he could let it slip pretty easily uh if he loses focus
3: no yeah before i ask you cam to tack on what you just said there conrad so we were talking earlier about the high like the being at this in between like fork in the road point for the, like, for the spore right now, right? We were talking about how piter Licek is just this, this fucking huge swole guy who flexes on everybody, and he, I mean, the guy, literally, this guy is such a character that he screams before he goes and he doesn't, like, his attempt. So, I mean, at the same time, I think, like, Chris Nelson is a hybrid between the old breed and the new breed. if I mean, I have, like, you guys will see the picture that I have of him once the stream comes up, but, like, this guy is jacked. I mean, he's not, like, big to the point where it's like oh you're just ridiculously heavy and you won't be able to do anything productive i mean the guy has won the last three ncaa championships but it's taking him at least a little bit to get used to competing on the world stage you know being that guy who's sponsored by the university of or not university i'm sorry the south dakota beef corporation like small sponsorships and stuff like that i'm not ripping on him for that i just think it's like it's great that he's doing what he wants to do and what he loves as a matter of fact i think his I think his girlfriend is actually a nurse. She was a nursing major at South Dakota. And now I think she's actually just a nurse because she was on track team there too. But I digress. He's doing something new, forging his own path. And it's just taking him a minute to get used to it. We were talking about Casey Lightfoot kind of in like a memey way earlier. Don't get me wrong. I respect Casey Lightfoot and stuff a lot. But I think that if, yeah yeah he has a lot of the Olympic experience and stuff like that, but I think that there's anybody who's an American besides Sam Kendricks to make a difference in the Olympic Games. I think it's probably going to end up being Chris Nelson. cam, what do you think?
0: I agree. I mean, I don't know like the the biggest thing like
4: he hasn't been
0: he hasn't really been in this this big stage. He doesn't have too much too much um. To work experience in these high level, high intensity meets. Yeah. You know, at, at the, you know, similar to the Olympics or like similar to these diamond meets. I mean, he kind of is in that new breed or that new class of vaulters mm-hmm. But he, you know, he was at South Dakota. He, he jumped there four years, right? He did. And, I mean, another thing about him, like, he only started jumping, like, I think it was in high school or something. Yeah, later later in high school. Later in high school. You know, so, I mean, he's still a very, like, talented guy. Of course. But, like, like, he screams, like, very, you know, missing inexperience. Yes. You know, and that's just, that'll just come with time. I mean, obviously, Mondo been jumping since he's been able to walk and like Nielsen's the complete opposite way so I mean for him for him to make it to the um you know to qualify for the finals mm-hmm. I think that's a plus say because honestly I don't think he's got shot to medal.
3: no I agree with you on that one honestly I feel like Ernest has a better shot to medal than he does um mm-hmm. Honestly, guys, I would consider like Casey Lightfoot to be the um, Cameron, you would know, this maybe you would too, Conrad, who's somebody on the White Sox who is just like. He's one of the boys and he's always there, but like just is mm, he's just not going to be the same quality as Paul Konerko and Przinski and, you know, Scotty Paz and everybody else like uh, I don't really want to say Owen Aaron Rowan because that would kind of do Aaron Rowan injustice like. You like a Juan Uribe,
0: dude. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, Juan Uribe was always there.
3: He's always there. He's on the. He was on the. He's on the World Series team.
0: He's got a World Series ring. But yeah. I mean, you weren't. You weren't dying to buy a Juan Uribe no it,
3: jersey. Exactly. Like, like no. yeah, it's it's. They're definitely in the gift shop. You can go get your your black Uribe jersey, your white Uribe jersey, the the striped one, the 1970s vintage version. Casey Lightfoot has been at the Olympics, folks. This is not like a. A question or anything this is not like a uh you know like a a question of his uh his competence or his talent the guy's been there before don't get me wrong but it's potentially time to help usher in a new breed and help bring them up to speed on what it's like to train on the and be on the world stage right like
0: it's oh when the hell is casey like (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's olympics
1: he's been before hasn't
0: he no
1: graduated like
0: dude he's like
3: mondo's age what the hell are you talking about yeah,
1: graduated like last year or some two years ago
3: all right cool so i'm gonna delete this whole entire part no i'm just kidding i'm not gonna delete everything honestly i thought casey light was a totally different guy uh just goes to show you how much i know about anybody else who's american who isn't sam kendricks um but i will say though if if chris nelson goes and does something special today like not today i guess i should say like on friday at 8 40 p.m good awesome yeah, no. Yeah, get the experience of jumping on a gigantic world stage on national television. Bro, Jesus Christ, clear a bar. If you clear a bar in the Olympics, I don't, like, even, that's like the, the yeah, first like the step.
0: Pinnacle.
3: Yeah, you literally did. That's what goes yeah. dream of. All the way up there, dude. Like, what, I mean, Cam, you and I joined this event later on in our high school years. Like I mean, I, I can't even really imagine how it would feel to actually go and boom, at least clear five six, five 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 six five, or even five seven on at the Olympics. That's like more than you can ask for.
0: Yeah. I mean, opening height they'll probably start under five fifty, you would think. Yeah. Maybe right around there. No, they they start under five fifty. I mean, Diamond League like, me start five thirty five, five forty. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, know, he I got, don't
1: know how to do the prelims. Prelims will be different. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't I don't know mean, how like going to do those.
0: Yeah, it's just Dude, It's just everyone jumping at small bars until, until there's only some eight people left. But I mean, for him, you got to think for him to qualify, it's it's a plus day. Him to qualify for the finals. I mean, for any of them, that's a plus state, but for him, that's like a plus state. Plus
3: oh, yeah, dude. Like, I for mean, all these you're... new
1: guys, yeah, for all these new guys, except I'd say Mondo, it's a plus to qualify for the finals.
3: Oh, yeah, easily. Um, Chris Nelson, best of luck, plus 4,000. Yep, it actually says it on the screen right there at the bottom here, plus 4,000. Ernest is plus 3,400, but. See, 4, it,
0: it's interesting because Nielsen's jump like, I mean, you look at those Nielsen's jump like 590, 595, 590. right? 592. Yeah. I mean, they're in a only, only jump like 580, right? Yeah. 585, 586.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, what does FanDuel know that we don't? See, Something.
3: That's the thing about bookies, dude. They always find some stupid way to make themselves a nice cut. That's why they didn't put like minus 300 for Mondo. They did the minus 390 because then, you know, you have to put up 390 and then, you know, like they're making like a 10 or $90, or whatever cut as opposed to, you know, you making a ridiculous amount on Sam Kendricks or Renault or et cetera, you know? So,
0: dude, I, uh, what does Vegas know
3: that we don't? God, I wish I knew. Oh, I need to start reading books again. That's I, that's all I gotta do. Dude, I swear. Before we get into, um, well, we have one more vaulter for us to talk about before we get into our last segment because I want to get your guys's opinions on the new rule that NCAA will allow athletes to make money off of their likenesses. Let's talk about the current reigning Olympic champion, Thiago Braz Silva. Can't we? We said it earlier, Cameron. I'm Conrad. I'm pretty sure that you think the same thing as well, guys. It's not just me being pompous or contentious here. Wait, is it? Is it contentious? Is it? Wait, I think it's contentious. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. So yeah, maybe I'm just being a douchebag here. Straight up, the only reason this fucker that won worked. was because they were at home. The only reason the Brazilian won was because they were in Brazil for the Olympics. The same thing happened with that Australian guy in the 2000s. Your guys' thoughts,
0: dude. I tell you what. Brazilian fans are ruthless.
3: They are. They are. Renault,
0: the poor guy. I mean, like I said before, you jump in an Olympic record. Yeah, you got to think you're coming home with a with a gold medal. Got to think that. But I mean, that just shows you in any sport, you know. Yeah. And but in pole vault specifically, you get that home field advantage. You get those fans behind you. Dude, it could be two fans. But if the dollar—if your competitor has zero fans—that's still something. Oh yeah, you know that's still that's still playing with your mind. But I mean, don't get me wrong. Like he jumped. What did he jump? Six oh something. Six oh three. Yeah, six oh three. Dude, six oh three is a high bar. It is. It's a high bar, but he was. It got to the point like him and him and Renault were just kind of playing there at the end with skipping and all that yeah but dude hats hats off to him good for him winning a, oh, a gold oh, medal yeah. in his own country you know that's that's a dream but yeah i think after that he kind of got eaten up but i don't say eaten up by the fame but like i I haven't seen him jump a 6 bar in a while
3: i was gonna say i think six o three is what he jumped at the 2016 olympics in rio was like the highest this man had ever jumped, like period. Ever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> dude, and that's that's a thing. That this sport, you could you could skip you could skip your 590, your 595. If you get up to six meters, get up to six oh two or whatever. And you come down the runway, you make that the hell with 590, the hell with 595. You know, you're never looking back at those heights.
3: No, true story, dude. It's like uh you're going into the count right now, like you're already three and zero. Like you've already, you know, you've cleared like whatever your attempts were, like at mediocre heights. And then mm-hmm. you get two strikes at like five 5-8 eight and five eight five, and it's just like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna go for six zero, and just boom, you hit a grand slam, like boom. Yeah, I think that there's a, like if there's a way to go out on top and do it at your home stadium, like dude, Thiago was the man to pull it off. I just the fact that. FanDuel bookies have made the odds plus ten thousand. Dude, it's that's it's kind of an insult if you think it's, about that's it. That's an
0: insult. Oh, that's the reigning Olympic champion right there. Yeah. <laughs> and you're gonna give someone was that ten dollars if they put one dollar down for them?
3: Bro, it'll be like one cent if they put down a dollar for them. like it'll be even less. It would be less than a cent if they did that. But like you put down ten dollars, you maybe get like ten cents or, or whatever that is. Nothing special at all.
0: Uh, I mean like insulting that's the only word you could think here Ooh, I
3: mean yeah insulting no yeah actually I reverse what I just said if you were to put one cent one cent on him you, you could make that. ten dollars if you put down ten dollars on him you'd probably be making like a couple thousand like maybe like a thousand or so dollars but like the point still stands though the man's the current reigning olympic champion whether we want him to be or not put some respect on his name i
1: don't know what you think um yeah well he already has a gold medal i don't see him coming out here i don't see him like coming for blood right i don't know i don't see him i know he's already won yeah yeah that's what i'm saying i don't think he has any um he doesn't have that you know. chip on his
0: shoulder nope
1: yeah he, he's the only gold medalist in this meet coming up right mm-hmm. so like what does he have to lose no he doesn't have to lose a gold medal right he already has one true story i don't see i'm coming out for blood in this meat um i, I mean think, with that
4: being said you you gotta hope he he you know you gotta hope he
0: qualifies at least yeah you yeah. know you, can you can't not way. have your reigning olympic champion not make the finals i mean with as much as he struggled you, you want to see him there
3: that shit would be so embarrassing dude could you but, imagine yeah. it like like I mean, in terms of fan duels, odds, and whatnot, like they're basically putting the current reigning champion with everybody else at the bottom of the barrel. That's, you know, you're putting him on the same level as that guy from Great Britain, the guy from China who literally doesn't even get like more than like five, seven, whatever. You know, the guys from Germany and stuff who were hitting like around maybe the low five, sevens, maybe even five, sixes, depending on if it's a bad day. Like they just, they've got so much potential in this guy but he, you're right conrad he has nothing to lose he's already got the gold medal it's like it's it's not a, it's not very much any other last thoughts though before we head off into the next segment boys
1: well that's that's just the olympics true in general right for four years is a lot of years that is true no
0: renault, renault has won the gold medal though right
3: i'm pretty sure he has is he
0: i I, I thought he has 12. he's got silver obviously it's
3: 2012 right
0: 2012 and where was it at great
1: britain
3: Yes, it was because they had like that one distance guy in in Britain who won that one past year, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, oh he did want to go. Okay, so Renault. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I don't go that far back. No,
3: yeah. yeah, but um, well, it appears that I'm out. Uh, it appears we're gonna have to go into a commercial break. So, folks, hold on for about five seconds here. We're gonna go ahead and hear again one more time from our sponsor over at Anchor.fm. When we get back, we'll be talking about. College sports, making likeness, money. We'll be back in about five seconds. If you've had one of those
2: topsy-turvy days, relax and have a Bud
3: oh, ho, ho, ho. Sorry to cut you short on the song there, folks. I know it's a good song. Again, <laughs> that song is Brewski. Buy bonus points. Highly recommend the song. Brewski, great artist. Got a lot of other songs out there. One of those uh, chill hop, uh, lo-fi kind of artists. You know, if you like the lo-fi girl YouTube streams, and stuff like that. Got a lot of those songs that'll follow along. But I am on Shiner Bach 3, S'mores for Me. Uh, this a stupid fucking pun. I'll just chug a lot of beer now. Mm. I digress, though. So last part of the stream here, boys. We're going to be talking about... You know, because you guys were both college athletes, and I was not a degenerate. I mean, so what do you guys think about the NCAA finally coming around and saying, "Hey, you can make you make some money off your name now"? Cameron, I want to hear your end. Being somebody who's graduated and could have had the opportunity, and then Conrad, you're still there, even though you're kind of like in the middle of your college career now. What do you guys? What's in your mind right now?
4: Let the uh, current uh Take this one first. All right. Dude, you're on Yeah, mute. you're on mute, bud.
2: All right.
1: Um, no, I think it's a good idea because there's a lot of money that college sports is bringing in, um, regardless of if it's track and field or football or basketball, whatever it is. There's money being brought in. Um, on the track and field side, since we're on that topic, I think it's good because you have a lot of these athletes graduating, going straight pro. Um, As you can see in the Olympics, you have a lot of athletes who have just recently graduated going in. Um, You know, it'd be nice for them to uh, make money while they're in in college, especially with having little sponsorships here and there. Um, But other than that, I think it's a good idea.
3: So, Sorry, Cam, I'll push you off for one more second here. Conrad, so your school went from being an NAIA school to D2 within a year, right? So if you, let's just say that you were there for both parts of it. How would you feel going from, I mean, besides being above JUCO, being at the NAIA level, trying to get like a, I don't know, like some kind of a sponsorship deal. Like you're, you know, like for Chris Nelson, for example, he's, you know, South Dakota meat or South Dakota beef or whatever it was. Like you're scraping like the bottom of the barrel and then you guys just go and you skyrocket to D2. What's going through your mind? Like in terms of trying to at least find a company to work with.
1: Um, Obviously you're not going to get any partnerships with Nike or anything like that, but you know, any of those, Smaller companies, anything anything would help at that term. I think it'd be cool just to say you have some type of sponsorship there. Um, even if you're not, you know, the top of the line D1 athlete, mm-hmm. uh, saying you have uh, sponsors, it's still uh, pretty cool uh, to look at.
3: No, yeah, for sure. Cameron, so, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. You guys have some pretty cool Nike uniforms over at Rose. What do you guys... <laughs> Let's just say that you're you're chilling one day at Rose and like, you know, somebody like uh, Chavez reaches out to you and they say, hey, we're going to name a burrito after you. We're going to call it like the, uh, the call. we're going to call it the Cam Clears the Bar. Like, what are you thinking? Is that like, is it like mediocre to you or are you just excited to have something named after you?
0: I think it would be, not would be awesome. I think so. But I mean, like, like obviously because I vaulted division three. Um, like obviously like division three athletes, kinda not really there for the athletics. You know, you're there for the education. I mean, and personally like I think that should be like how it should go all across the board. You know, I'm very kind of kind of biased on that and kind of have a take that isn't too favorable. Sure. And I've kind of always had that, um, even as an athlete when I was in school. And I don't know if that's just because I was Division Three, where no athletic scholarship was offered to us, or if it's just because I wasn't good enough to be, you know, Division One, where I could have
4: received an athletic scholarship. Um, you know, but kind of like, you know, I, I think there's a better way to kind of you know, like let the athletes benefit than, you know, just giving them a check with a, with a
0: number on, you know, yeah, just getting, you know, money straight to their account. Cause I think, I think honestly it's, it's going to be, you're going to see some, some like athletes not really go far after college just because they're getting their paycheck now. And, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of on top of the world with it. But when they do make that
4: transition to the pro level, they're going to be expecting that paycheck. You know, they're going to be expecting, expecting still
0: to be on top of the level or on top of the world, no matter what level they're competing at and how they're competing. But I think it's, I mean, I think it's kind of going to ruin a lot of, a lot of athletes, but
4: if kids want to, if if they think it'll be good for them they obviously think so because it passed but so
0: be it
3: yeah I think you make a really good point there actually by the way so you're saying like it's going to kind of potentially ruin some athletes so I think that the best example of that I mean you guys can disagree or agree with me I think that the Ball brothers are a very good example of what can happen when you let money rule you I mean don't get me wrong like god i can't remember which one it is, is it is it uh is it lamello who is playing which for one? for who's playing for you charlotte
0: yeah mellow the youngest one yeah so rookie of the year rookie of the year yes
3: yeah. so mellow just came from the illawarra hawks australian basketball is no joke either like i mean international basketball if you guys don't watch it you don't have to really know i mean like i'll give you like the gaps and the details and like that but like On a competitive level i personally love the nbl i have as a matter of fact i sent you guys pictures i have nbl jerseys in my in my closet like that's how much i like the australian basketball league when it comes to that level and like all you're trying to do is just essentially just like earn a paycheck Mm -hmm. that's i think that's what takes the fun out of sports like if if you're working towards something that's not like a championship like you're working for consistently getting a paycheck or you're consistently trying to get this or get that, like, and then you don't, you don't get it and you get let down. Like it takes away from the value of your talents and your athleticism and stuff like that. And it just kind of sucks for like the fans. Cause it's like, I think the best example I can give for this one is Adam Dunn on the white Sox, dude. They got this guy for a four year contract for millions of dollars. And the dude was horseshit for four years straight. The man was literally only there because the White Sox were going to pay him more than the Nationals were, and it was just a terrible experience as a season ticket holder fan. like it was I went to games on school nights, like I went on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays alike, and they all were trash because Adam Dunn was hitting an average of like maybe 130. Like
0: 180, dude. Like, yeah it was in the so hundreds bad.
3: It was in the hundreds, and that's just something you'd never want to see somebody on your home team hitting. I mean, that goes for, you know, like, for example, I've been seeing these ads like, uh, you know, like the, here's our, like our newest bar stool athlete. Here's a, mm-hmm. a post on Reddit about like the university of Nebraska, just named like some kind of a burger after like the entire defensive line on their football team. It's like, I would rather see like a, a burger named after, you know, like for example, at Purdue, we have triple X like that. The one diner that was on, uh, diners dives and drive-ins or, or dives diners and drive-ins whatever the hell the guy fieri tv show is we have a a, a meal called the david Badaya. like david Badaya is the olympic diver who went to purdue like i would rather see that and then the uh you know the the burger or ribs stack or the steak named after the defensive line than like the oh here's the uh adam dunn club BLT, whatever the hell you want to call it. And it's just like the guy's like a disappointment, but it's still collecting a check from it. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess um I guess it it brings something it hands it hands something closer to the athletes than making the athletes work for it. True. Um if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um but I do like how it will limit certain restrictions. Like, remember that one football player who had that YouTube channel? And I think had you're made right. The choice of deleting the YouTube channel or stop playing football. Like, See, I yeah, not I, I think that should be... Um, when it comes to, like, when you bring that into comparison, I think that that's, like, a middle ground that um, should be...
0: Yeah, it should be like, in favor of the athlete there. Of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. Like, like stuff like that. I mean, it's it's one thing to run your YouTube channel like that and be able to benefit. And that's another thing kind of like, you know, just collecting a paycheck after a game. True. You know, I mean, that guy's, that guy's doing something. Obviously he picked his YouTube channel over football because he kind of had a passion for it. You know, that's one thing to kind of have that as opposed to, you know, just going out playing, you know, smiling in front of a camera, you know, and, at the end of the day, getting a paycheck, you know, and that's where I think it's, it's kind of going to affect some, you know, if not a good portion of these student athletes or, you know, they're even eligible to kind of make a career at a professional level.
3: Yeah. I think that's like one of the things that worries me though. Hello Paige. I think that's one of the things that worries me is like, you know, you, <laughs> I don't want to go into it too too much because this, like this like definitely could be like for a different episode or whatever. And I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on it at least at a different time as well. We have this thing that never would have been thought of when this wasn't a, a like a, a a rule that wasn't a rule anymore. Like social media influencing, unfortunately, is something you can do for a living now. Like I mean, you could put up an ad for. Uh, let's just say you're a girl and you put up an ad for like a, a makeup company, like you can make 10,000, like, no, joke, you make $10,000 for that, you know, two or three Instagram post chain, excuse me. And then, you know, that kid who was a really good kicker, I don't know if he was like from the university of central Florida or where he was from, but like,
0: yeah, that's where I think
3: he was. Yeah. The kid was talented. Like, I mean, you watch the YouTube videos and stuff. The kid was talented and he loved what he was doing on both the field and off the field. It's just, I don't know, the, the line has really become hazy in what we think is acceptable and not acceptable and what we deem to be, you know, money worthy and not so money worthy. But um, I know it's getting late over here, at least in Indiana it is. I know that you guys are on Eastern Time, so it's a little bit different over there. But I will say, I appreciated you guys coming on a super amount. Like, honestly, I was super excited we got to talk about something that we love as a whole, just pole vaulting in general. Um mm. For a little bit of a, you know, like, what is Corso's ESPN pick of the day here? What are you guys thinking for, we're going to go into two different parts here. Who do you guys think is taking the gold medal for the Olympics on Friday? Or sorry, for, well, prelims is not that big of a deal, but like, who do you think was actually going to take the the gold medal and who is going to make a medal position?
0: Dude, Why don't we just do top three? What the hell? You're cutting out.
3: Oh, yeah. oh, fair enough. Okay, yeah. So top three, what do you think?
4: Conrad. Oh, okay. Um, gold medal, Sam Kendrick, silver medal, uh, Mondo, and bronze medal, um, Lisek. Ooh. Lisek. Cam?
0: I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to go Mondo, number one, I'm going to go Renault, number two, and I'm going to say Ernie gets the gets bronze.
4: Ooh.
3: Oh, boy. That's
0: bold there, but, I mean, number one's, number one's obviously the favorite.
3: No, that's true. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Well, I think my cowboy hat distinguishes the fact that I'm thinking that Sam takes the gold this year. I would love to see Mondo take... The silver for his first Olympics. So it'll humble him a little bit. I mean, the guy has been sponsored by Red Bull. So, I mean, the Red the Red Bull, been Bull been wears really? off after a while. But nonetheless, I hope that Sam wins gold. Mondo takes a silver. And then, oh, Jesus Christ. For the bronze, dude. I think it's going to be. Oh, no. Dude,
0: the bronze is such a toss-up.
3: I, I really do. God, this is actually a really nice hat. I need to stop flimming it around. So, here's the thing. I think that either Renaud takes the bronze or, like, oh, God, I think Pyter could potentially take the bronze.
0: Dude, it, that's, that's a solid choice for Bronson,
3: honestly. Like, yeah. He, yeah. He could. It's like he's one of those guys who just, like, if, if it's not an off day, excuse me, if it's not an off day for him, the dude can just send it. Honestly, I would love to see it. I would love to see Piter, this dude who's just fucking jacked and swole and old breed as it can be, make one final statement at the Olympics. But a drunk guy can dream, so I don't even know. But, folks, I just want to give you a big thank you for tuning into the first episode of Talking While Intoxicated. I know that I definitely got intoxicated during this episode um shiner if you want to sponsor me i'd be happy to have your sponsorship but i do want to give a real big thank you and an honest thank you to cam and connor for coming out and talking about one of the things that we really do appreciate the most which is pole vaulting and um if you're if you're smart thanks for having us oh dude of course man i was was (laughs) glad to talk about it it's it's one of those things that like we know the best so being able to have that good conversation and stuff about it is awesome um if you guys want to follow them on social media Maybe they'll have their stuff in the description. If you guys want a FanDuel referral link and you live in a state where sports betting is legal, I'll definitely put my referral link in the description below. Other than that, though, boys, I know I'm keeping you late, but uh, have fun at work tomorrow. Cam Conrad, keep doing what you're doing. Have fun with your girlfriend because I know she's just chilling with you right now. Appreciate you taking the time. Well, boys, I'll uh, I'll text you in the morning. <laughs> Thanks for coming on.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Until for next time. Yep. Thanks for having us. Of course.
3: See you then, boys. Thanks for tuning in to TWI. Hey everybody, it's Double Down Doug here. I never really thought that I was going to have to make an addendum to the great video that we ended up making last night in that great podcast. Unfortunately, moments after we had finished wrapping up for the night, uh, I went to go watch TV with my parents and the first thing that I saw on the ticker tape on ESPN was that Sam Kendricks had tested positive for COVID and was going to be out of the Olympic Games this year. This is a huge blow to uh, a lot of people in the community. I'm sure it's, also, it's mainly just a blow to himself as well. That's kind of one of those things that's pretty hard to compete with, but, or deal with, I should say. But I know that Sam Kendricks is a pretty strong guy. He's a strong competitor, and he's also a competitor who has a lot of class. So I'm glad to hear that he's doing well. He had posted a, uh, a public statement of a few hours ago last night. So Sam, glad that you're in good health and you're in good spirits. It's a shame we can't see you this year, but hey, love to see you compete in the future. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to give a shout out to Cameron and Conrad for coming on last night and, you know, helping us have a great discussion here about the event and the other guys who are going to be competing this year. This doesn't take away from the fact that it's still going to be a competitive Olympics, even though one of our favorites is out. Things happen. You just got to be able to roll with the changes. Well, talk to you guys soon. See you again on the next episode. Thanks for listening.